Welcome into Mock Trial Masterclass, your guide to controlling the courtroom. I'm Luke and I want you to be a Mock Trial Master. Let's talk about how you can make that happen. As I say all the time, knowing the rules of evidence is the foundation for winning objections. And so what we're going to do in this video is talk about one of the most common ones. We're going to talk about relevance and we're going to do three things with relevance. We're going to explain what the rule for relevance says and what that means. We're going to talk about when you should make relevance objections. And we're going to talk about how you should respond to relevance objections. Ready to go? Let's do it. So here's the thing about relevance. We're going to pull up what the federal rules of evidence say about what relevance is. But don't we all kind of know what that word means? I mean, there are some other legal words that you would have to be a lawyer or have to have done mock trial before to know what they mean. But relevance is a word that we use in our everyday conversation. I mean, if you're having a discussion with a friend in a classroom or at your house, you've probably said something before like, well, well that's not really relevant to the situation or, well, how is that relevant? So we know what that word means. We know what relevance is in terms of its definition in the English language. So when it comes to mock trial and it comes to objections, it's just about putting a few, a few key words to the definition of relevance to help us make arguments clearly about what is and is not relevant. So let's take a look at what the federal rules of evidence say about relevance. Here's a look if you're listening on YouTube. Evidence is relevant if it A, has any tendency to make a fact more or less probable than it would be without the evidence, and B, the fact is of consequence in determining the action. So that's a lot of legal gobbledygook, and quite frankly, some of those words you don't really even need to memorize because they don't come up. I got through my entire mock trial career without memorizing some of those words. Others of those words, others of those phrases are a little bit important, and there's three of those, and we're going to talk about what they mean right now. So the first phrase I want to talk about that's really important when it comes to relevance is one of those first phrases in the rule, any tendency. Relevant evidence is evidence that has any tendency. Okay, so what does any tendency mean? Well, if something has any tendency to do something, it means that there's a chance for it to happen, right? I mean, for example, uh, I often shop for groceries at Walmart or Kroger, two of the grocery stores I have in my hometown, but I very rarely shop at Publix, another grocery chain we have here. Now, I do go to Publix sometimes because I like their chicken, I like their hot deli, but I don't go there a whole lot. So, would we say that I have any tendency to go to Publix? We probably would, right? Because there's a chance that I would go to Publix. Now, if, if you heard that I'm shopping for groceries, would you say that it's likely that I'm going to Publix? Well, probably not. That takes things to another standard. But if we're just saying any tendency, all we're asking is, is there a chance? So if I'm shopping for groceries, is there a chance I'm going to Publix? Is there any tendency I'm going to Publix? Probably so. The next phrase I want to look at is more or less probable. Here's all that really means. More or less likely. Relevant evidence makes something else more or less likely. Now we're going to talk about what that something else is in just one second, but if we're thinking about more or less likely and something affecting something else being more or less likely, let's think about it this way. If I'm taking a walk on the side of the road at night, does wearing a bright yellow shirt make it more likely that I'm going to be safe and that I'm not going to get hit by a car? Of course it is. 
And if I have a blinking light on my forehead, it's gonna make it even more likely that I'm gonna be safe. But if I'm wearing all black and I'm blending in with my surroundings and drivers can't really even see me, it makes it less likely that I'm going to be safe. So when we think about relevant evidence, we have to think about it in that context of more or less probable. But I think it's pretty clear what that means. Again, all it is is more or less likely. Does this make that more or less likely? And finally, the third important phrase we want to think about with relevance is the fact is of consequence. So we have that relevant evidence is evidence that has any tendency, in other words, it has a chance to make a fact more or less probable. Does this make that more or less likely? What kind of fact are we dealing with here? That's what the B part tells us. It says that it's a fact of consequence. And here's what a fact of consequence means. It matters to the case. A fact of consequence is something that matters to the case. And it doesn't have to be the ultimate issue, right? If we're in a murder trial, the only fact that matters to the case isn't just that Jenny killed Johnny. There are other facts that matter too. For example, if we're saying that Jenny killed Johnny with a certain type of handgun, don't we think it matters as a fact whether Jenny had any access to that handgun, whether she owned one or one of her friends owned one that they let her borrow? Right? There are a lot of facts in a trial that matter, but with relevance, we're dealing with evidence that has any tendency, again, any chance to make a fact more or less probable, more or less likely, does this improve or not improve the chances of that and the fact that we're talking about, the fact that relevance has to make more or less likely is a fact of consequence, a fact that matters. So all of those words, all of the legal gobbledygook, everything we just went over points to the very definition of relevance that you knew coming into this video. Relevance is something that pertains, right? It's something that has to do with what we're talking about in a trial. But these words are the words that the writers of the Rules of Evidence give us to help us understand what relevance is. So let's pull back up Rule 401, the Rule for Relevance, but let's substitute in some of the definitions we just talked about to give ourselves a simplified, easier to understand definition of relevance. So evidence is relevant if it has a chance to make a fact more or less likely, again, does it make this, does this make that more or less likely than it would be without the evidence? And the fact, the thing we're talking about, is of consequence. In other words, it matters in determining the action. In other words, the fact matters because it affects an element or the credibility of a witness. So that's all relevance is. Now you might want to go back and rewatch that section of this episode again a couple of times maybe even to get yourself in the right head space for understanding what relevance is. But again, all those words point to the definition of relevance that you knew coming into this video because that's a word we use in our everyday English language. So now that we know what relevance is from a legal standpoint, let's talk about when we should make relevance objections. And the answer to that question is pretty rarely. You see, because relevant evidence just has to have any chance to make something more or less likely, and a lot of things have any chance to make a fact that matters more or less likely. And that being the case, a lot of stuff is relevant, and very few things really aren't relevant. 
So here's what you can do to decide in the moment, should I make a relevance objection? And I learned this strategy in the excellent mock trial book, Winning Objections, a Mock Trial Guidebook. Everyone should go order that book. I'll leave a link in the description and show notes for doing that. What that book teaches is that you should use the eye roll test. If you're listening to a witness testify and you're sitting there rolling your eyes like, oh my gosh, when is this gonna end? What in the world are they talking about? Why in the world are they talking about this? Right, make the relevance objection. At that point, you've probably crossed the threshold into things that don't have any chance at all to affect something in the case, to make something in the case more or less likely an element of the law or the credibility of a witness. But if a witness is talking and you haven't gotten to that point, you're not rolling your eyes, you're sitting there thinking, oh, you know, maybe this, this is helpful, okay, right? You probably shouldn't object to relevance. And the reason that you shouldn't object to relevance is that relevant, relevance objections are super easy to respond to, and most of the time the attorney responding is going to win. How do you win relevance objections with your response? Let's talk about that. But before we do, I want to remind you that you can schedule coaching with me one-on-one, one-on-two -on -one, with you and a teammate, or one-on as many teammates as you have with me and your entire team. Look, I get this objection and this rules of evidence stuff is tough, and I would be super happy, I'd love nothing more than to sit down with you and your team or you and a teammate for 30 minutes or an hour and really dig into this stuff and really break it down. I'd love to answer all of your questions. I'd love to get deeper into these terms that we've been explaining. And I think that by doing that, you would take the knowledge you gained in this video and crank it up a notch and take it to the next level. So if you'd like to schedule coaching with me, go click that link that is in the description on YouTube and in the show notes on podcast platforms. So how do you win relevance objections? How do you respond to relevance objections? Explain why the thing matters, right? So if evidence to be relevant has to have a shot at making something that matters more or less likely, what you need to do is tell the judge why the thing makes the thing more or less likely. So let's go back to our gun example. Let's say that you're offering evidence that uh, Sheila, the person accused of killing Johnny, and I keep changing the names, I know. Sheila, the person accused of Johnny, uh, had access to this murder weapon, and the other side stands up and says objection to relevance. Well, you're gonna stand up, you're gonna return to the rule, that's the first thing you always do in responding to objections. You're gonna say, Your Honor, the rule for relevance, or Rule 401, says that evidence is relevant if it has any tendency to make a fact of consequence more or less likely, or more or less probable. And then you're gonna say, and here's why that this evidence does that. If Jenny had access to the handgun, or whatever I said the person's name was, I've honestly forgotten at this point, if, if that person had access to the handgun, then that means it's more likely that they had the ability to murder such and such person. Right? It's super simple. When you respond to relevance objections, once you return to the rule, once you do the RTR that I talk about in my video on arguing objections, all you've got to do from that point is explain why the fact is important or why it has any chance to be important. Because I really shouldn't even use that word. Relevant evidence doesn't have to be important evidence. It just had to have a chance to affect something that matters. And because of that, because that barrier is so low, I would go so far as to say that attorneys should never lose a relevance objection when the other side makes it. Because if you can't explain why you're asking the question, which is really all we do in a relevance response. We're saying, why does this matter? Or why could this matter? Why are we asking the question? If you can't do that, then you shouldn't be asking the question in the first place. 
So if you're only asking relevant questions, which are the only types of questions you should be asking, you should never lose a relevance objection, especially if you study the framework of the rule like we've talked about in this video. So you may not feel quite like an expert on relevance at this point, and look, I get that. The rules of evidence are difficult. It takes some time to absorb them all and get confident with it. So feel free to go back and watch this video again. Go through it a couple of times if you need to, and that'll give you a good foundation for relevance objections. Talk to your coach, schedule coaching with me if you'd like to, and that's what will help take you to the next level. Because if you want to be a mock trial master, you've got to know how to argue objections, and knowing the rules of evidence, and this one in particular relevance, is the first step to doing that.